Welcome to Marketing for Your Boring Business, presented by All-in-One Social Media, where marketing professionals and industry leaders discuss what you can do to help your message get seen in a cluttered newsfeed. Join us each week to learn more about social media, online marketing, trending topics, and tips to grow your online marketing efforts. Now here's your host, Desiree Martinez. Hey, boring business owners, I'm back. I'm so pumped for season two of marketing for your boring business, where we help your message get seen in that cluttered newsfeed. Spent a lot of time over the summer, not only moving from Korea to our duty station in Las Vegas, but really thinking about like what we could do here at All In One Social Media to make sure that we are just giving you the best content possible that you're learning. And it occurred to me that I need to get some of you a boring business owners on the horn to talk about what you are doing to effectively market your business. And so you can expect this new season to just have all kinds of great marketing information from top experts in different industries, but you're going to hear from your very own fellow business owners in all of these different businesses. I'm talking insurance, fencing, realty, whatever you can think of, it's going to happen on this show. And they're all going to share with you what they're doing to make that marketing magic. And so for our first episode, I found the most boring business of all time to be on the show. And we're going to be talking with Ozark Fence. That's right. We're talking to a fence company about how they are just crushing it in their community with online marketing. I met Joe at Social Media Marketing World in 2018. And I was like, what is this guy in this bright orange fence shirt doing at a marketing event geared towards marketing professionals? And I just knew I had to talk to him. And you know what? Ozark Fence has been a family-owned, operated business for over 60 years in Springfield, Illinois. Three generations work in the business. They have been building fences and protecting your piece of the Ozarks since 1955. Joe is continuing his grandfather's legacy through Ozark Fence and Supply Company, but is also creating his legacy through Orange Media Global. He is a social media marketer that instinctively understands business owners' concerns and viewpoints. Other job titles include, but are not limited to, husband, dad, coach, confidant, and friend. And I think that one of the other titles that we can very gladly give to Joe is a boring business owner. So let's dive right into this episode. But first, we're going to add a new segment to the podcast called The Marketing Buzzword. I have partnered with Ben over at The Marketing Buzzword Podcast, and he is going to be giving us a buzzword, which is going to be a marketing term that I think that you guys just really need to know because there's so many like hot topics and things that are happening in marketing. And I want to make sure that you guys know what these things actually mean. That way you can stay current with it. So Ben, take it away with this week's buzzword. Hello, boring business owners. I'm Ben Roberts, and I'm the host of the Marketing Buzzword podcast. And Desiree has been amazing and asked me to come on to her podcast each week to talk to you about different marketing buzzwords to try and help you guys understand and break through the clutter about what all these words and terms actually mean which is what I base my podcast all around Um, and I thought a brilliant buzzword to try and break straight away for you guys is something called guerrilla marketing and it's yes it is as Viet Cong Vietnamese as it sounds and the idea of it is that as a small 
business as something someone competing in a really competitive industry you can compete with the bigger forces the bigger budgets and the idea is being more creative being more tactical about some of this stuff and it's about actually how can you find a way in which you stand out now i'll provide you some examples if you are a local business that sells food or you sell like generic food pizzas pies whatever it is beers now if someone has a parking ticket, so I've seen examples of where people have flyered next to them, but not just put a flyer next to the parking tickets. They've actually said, oh, we know you're having a rough day. Actually, look, here's 30% off. Maybe you'll make things a little bit better. Or buy one, get one for us, whatever it is. But then they're actually targeting a market there that actually is a bit different. I'm just flying because people don't care about that stuff. But you're trying to make someone's day a little bit better whilst getting a reward for yourself. Guerrilla marketing essentially looks at you being more creative. How can you stand out? Instead of putting a flyer through someone's door, could you put a post-it note on their door? Instead of just going out there and handing out leaflets, could you create something out of your factory or from your workers that would make a fuss? If you're going to, instead of flyering on the street, can you do something that will stand out? If you go to events, how can you piggyback off the back of someone else's event? These are the sort of things you try and look at with guerrilla marketing. Thank you very much for listening, and I'll be back on next week's Boring Business Podcast to be able to talk to you about another marketing buzzword. Goodbye. So good, right? Okay, guys, let's dive in to this interview with Joe over at Ozark Fence. I am so excited that you're here, Joe. Thank you so very much for being on my show. I literally, like I told you at the start, I waited for you. For months and months to do this show so thank you so much <laughs> of course of course it's my pleasure it's my pleasure so let's dive into us tell us about your boring business you bet you bet uh, i currently own my family's fence company a fence installation company and uh while there may be more boring companies uh, we've got to be up there we've got to be up there if you've seen one fence you've seen them all pretty much <laughs> it's yeah. not, not glamorous i actually had the like privilege of meeting joe like in a very unlike fence landscaping construction environment he actually was at social media <laughs> marketing world and i was like what's a fence guy like doing at this conference <laughs> and i was like so obviously like i had to come talk to him of course he also wore this like this bright orange shirt like he's just like owning it so, yeah, <laughs> basically yeah it's my go-to outfit it's a it's a bright orange shirt with a bright orange hat <laughs> <laughs> you know you gotta do whatever works so you're a social media marketing world and obviously you own a fence business and you were in this like marketing space so talk to us a little bit like why why you were there and why you think it's important for boring businesses especially to like be in like marketing environments versus in this constant state of trying to do your job better. Yeah, absolutely. So, well, and to be more specific, it was, we met not only at the conference, but we met on an aircraft carrier yeah, at the conference. So, so we should specify it's, it's even better, but no, so it is a completely boring business. Um, you can show up in the morning and you build fence all day and then you go home and then you do the same thing over and over and over. One fence company is similar to another, similar to another. There's not a lot of things that set us apart. So what what we decided is we need to market ourselves. We need to let people know who we are and that while it is a boring business, there are some things that set us apart. 
in our particular uh, community, we were, we've got several competitors, uh, but none of them are advertising. No one advertises. Word of mouth was basically it. Some of them were in the yellow pages, but no one was online marketing themselves, introducing themselves to their potential customers. And so it was really the luck of a customer calling up and asking us to come out to measure. Uh, you know, that was our introduction. So I said, well, we can do this a lot better. We can do video. Like, let's introduce ourselves to our customers before we even knock on the door. Uh, let's tell them what we're going to offer and why it's different from our competitors. You know, and so that's what took me to social media marketing world. Um, I actually follow uh, their podcast. I found them through a podcast first. Decided to, you know, let's go ahead and pull the trigger. Let's go on out there uh, and, and really picked up a lot of knowledge specific to just marketing ourselves. Um, whether it's a boring business or a glamorous business, marketing's marketing. You know, introducing yourself to your potential customer. The great thing about marketing for a boring business is most people assume that marketing doesn't work. They say, well, who's going to want to know about a fence company? I mean, it's a fence. Yeah, but what you do is different. You know, what we do here is different than any other fence company in that, you know, we're a third, third generation fence company. I mean, we've been doing fence since 1955 and, and on and on and on. Um, but our customers would have never known if they found us in the yellow pages and decided to give us a call. So boring businesses almost have it better because most competitors in that space assume like we assume that it's just not worthwhile. Um, we right now, none of our competitors, we've been doing marketing in a pretty significant dedicated way for a couple of years. Uh, and our competitors still haven't caught on to it. Yeah. We still, we win by default. <laughs> there is no competition on Facebook when it comes to fencing. You know, no one else is doing it. Um, why Why do you think it is that your competitors are not using online marketing? And you had mentioned that they just don't think that it works. Do you think yeah. there's something more to it than that? You know, there's a perception in general that social media isn't for business. Um, social media is for personal, but, you know, TV and radio are still for business. Um, TV and radio are extremely expensive. And so most of our competitors don't participate there either. Um, as a caveat, we do participate both in television and radio um, with good results. But I think the social media is viewed as more of a personal, more of a personal avenue than a business avenue, which is, which is completely wrong. Uh, our social media marketing does better than any of the other marketing we do. You know, radio is okay for branding, but the turnaround's really long. So if I, had a, if I had an idea today, I would message my rep who would then create a script who, and then we'd have to schedule studio time and record it and edit it. It's literally a week from start to finish, from me having an idea to it being on the radio. And then for that radio message to really work, we found six weeks. It takes about six weeks for a message to sink in. Um, social media, I mean, I can literally have an idea now, shoot it now, edit it over the next 30 minutes and have it deliver to my audience you know in the next hour hour and a half um, and get pretty immediate feedback too radio like i say takes about six weeks to get any sort of feedback uh, you know social i could have feedback tonight on you know different creative ideas or different um, you know delivery concepts that sort of thing um, but I, I, like i said i think my competitors are sleeping on it because it's not seen as a business marketing avenue which is completely inaccurate so you had mentioned a couple of different things in that, that I want to kind of like ask specifically. So your competitors, you think 
don't use social media and online marketing because of the money because they think that it's not good for business. And obviously you prove them wrong time and time again. Um, do you think that maybe like where your business is like physically located? Like, I don't know what the size of town is or maybe the graphic is of that. Can like you tell us a little bit about that? So we kind of understand a little bit more about like what like the environment looks like there so that people know whether like other people think, Oh, that doesn't work for my business because all of my clients are like over 55 or something like yeah. that. Like, what is it that yeah. you think they just don't know? You know? Yeah. And I'll definitely dive into what our demographic looks like here. And I hear that, you know, well, it works for you guys, but it won't work for me. To which I respond, do you have customers that are living right now? Yeah. Then they're probably on social media. You know, when they're checking up on, if it's 55 plus, they're checking up on their grandkids, I guarantee it. And I've got good news. So the engagement for 55 plus is just off the walls. It's incredible the amount of content they engage with. If you're, you know, if your business targets under 25, well, I've also got good news for you. They're there too. Uh, anywhere in between, they're, they're literally there. They are absolutely there. Now, there are some people that say, well, social media doesn't work for my business. We tried it, and it just didn't work. It, to which, usually, that's that's a little bit of operator error. You know, um, you can you can run a campaign. You can boost a post. Simply click it and link a credit card, and they'll, they'll take your money. But maybe the targeting's off. You know, maybe you think your demographic is in one area, and it's actually in somewhere else. So I also own a marketing agency and we work with some restaurants. Uh, One restaurant in particular said my target demographic is men and they're 25 to 35 like that. And it was very specific. And I believed them. Um, These guys are the guys that should know through running some Facebook ads to different demographics. We actually figured out their target, their target audience. The ones that spend the most money with them are females from 35 to 50, 55. Wow. so if they had if they had just taken the ball and run with it with that dem- with their demographic, they probably would have have the same opinion. Well, it just doesn't work. It it works. It's just not in the way you think it might, you know. But so so let me unpack a little bit of what our our demographic looks like. Um, we are in the Midwest. We're in Southwest Missouri, uh, so we're in the Midwest uh, town. I think the metropolitan area I think is one hundred eighty thousand something like that, a little under a couple hundred thousand. The economy here is, is pretty strong right now, so spending is spending is going well. Our target demographic, so for a fence company, we target uh, male and female, 35 to 55 is is kind of where we're at. Below 35, home ownership status really isn't there. 55 plus, either the home ownership status isn't there or um, they're already set. You know, they've, they've already got their home figured out. Our thing in fencing is kids and, and pets keep us in business. Absolutely. So 35 to 55 does really well, typically married. And that's really as deep as we get into it. And we've tried diving a little bit deeper into that demographic and um, with results that weren't so great as to, you know, maybe income or uh, home value. The majority of our social ad spend is in Facebook and you can get pretty detailed. Well, you could get pretty detailed as far as home ownership status, that sort of thing. Um, Some of that's gone away or is going away. Um, So we're back to male, female, both. 35 to 55 for our target demo. Yeah. So do you think that Facebook has allowed you to even understand your perfect customer better because you've been able to like do the different testing and targeting and seeing who has done better from your ads? 
Absolutely. You know, and we've, we've found also that with our ads, so we run, we run dark posts a lot. We'll have content on our Facebook page, but we'll also run um, just hidden ads. And we found that copy that speaks more to safety and security works better for our male audience and family works, a family message works better for a female audience. And actually, oddly enough with the female audience cost savings, which we thought that was more of an analytical thought. So we tried it with the male audience and it didn't pan out so well, but with the female audience, it really took hold. So yeah, you can get an incredible amount of data from running some pretty simple Facebook ads. And, and when we're doing our demos, we're not talking about a huge ad budget. We're 10, $15 a day is when we're testing kind of where we're at five day, $50. You can get some really good data on what your creative looks like. Uh, how your audience responds, which segment of your audience responds best. You know, I'm not sure how specific you want to get into it, but like in Facebook, in the business manager, you can dial it in by, you can, you, you can view your reports by male, female, you can view it by age, you can view it by gender and age. It, you can get very detailed uh, into the reporting, figure out exactly which message resonates best with which audience. And I, I suggest doing that. Most of the time, what we think, will work well is wrong. Let the data tell you yep. who wants yourself. Like you might think, you know, but yep. I think that it's great for our boring business audience to know that like ads can help you figure out exactly who you're targeting. Like you might think, you know, and it's like a big idea, but this will really help you narrow it down that we're not wasting money and your time. Yep. It helps our message that we have with people in person also. Um, so we know that when we're at, um, you know, a home show or a lawn and garden show, that when we're talking to a potential male customer that we are going to talk about safety and security. And if we're going to talk to a female customer, we're going to talk more about the family aspects, the kids in the backyard and the cost savings, you know, so it, it helps us in the real world also know, you know, what our customers, what message they resonate best with. Okay. Very good. That's really good to know for like all of, all of you guys out there listening, like, I know that some of you are like, ugh, Facebook has glazed eyes over and stuff. But at the same time, just know, like, if you're going to get anything out of it, like, it'll help you figure out how to talk to people better. And just remember, according according to Joe here, you you probably your competitors probably aren't doing it. You can actually. There's something to like when you're in a bigger city, like um, and like comes like more tech, you're more techie and stuff. Do you think that that like more people like in big cities, techie cities, stuff like that, like they're more online. Do you think that because you're in a smaller town that that's kind of an advantage for you as well? Um, maybe, but I don't know that it plays a huge role in it. You know, I think, I think what we're using social media and when I say we, I just mean people in general are using social media for is to stay connected. Um, and whether, whether you live, I actually don't live in the town or in the city that we do business in. I live, a, I live about a half hour away in a very small town. I believe whether, whether I'm talking to my neighbor there or whether I'm talking to someone that lives in, you know, Dallas, Texas, everyone wants to be connected. Uh, whether it's to friends from college or an aunt that lives on the other side of the States or a friend they know that's halfway across the world, people want to stay connected. And I think that's consistent no matter what market you're in. I think you're still going to, I think people in general want to stay connected. So I don't know. I, I know what you mean though. If, if a big city might find more success with, with a social media advertisement rather than a small market, I don't know. 
Um, I, the biggest thing is test everything. You know, that's it is we learned that lesson a long time ago where we would sit around and kind of stipulate, postulate, well, I think this would work or that would work. Uh, the best thing we ever decided was let's stop talking about it and just test it. Let's take $50 and put it out into the world and see what the world tells us. The best person to ask about what your customers want is your customer. You know, it's, we can, we can all think we've got a great idea, but like I say, my ideas are most, most often incorrect or at least not as accurate as they could be. Um, but my customers are pretty good about telling me what they'd like. Awesome. That's actually great feedback for all of us in any business that we have. So in regards to testing things, why don't you share with us something that you've done with online marketing that's just gone like horribly wrong? <laughs> oh, where do we start? Like, I, I hope you got some time here. Well, first and foremost, we make mistakes. Your, your biggest one, like you're like your most like, okay. ugh, but like your okay. biggest learning moment. Okay, so that came in the beginning. Before, before we really started dialing in our demographic, we had some pretty big ideas on some video. We were going to run some really nice polished video. Uh, we hired a, 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 you know, an agency to come shoot the video, and, and uh, we really went big. And we said, you know what? This is a message that's going to resonate with, our, with everyone, so we're going to put some massive ad spend behind it. We invested a lot of money in this message, and it, wasn't, it, it didn't resonate. You know, it came off as salesy when we really wanted to come off as like a, uh, a big brand message. And it really came off as a, as a pretty solid sales pitch. And it, it, it flopped, you know, in a really big way. We got a little bit of engagement with it. We got a, we got a fair amount of negative feedback from it. Oh, wow. um, people don't want to be sold. They absolutely do not want to be sold anything. Um, they want you to tell, tell them about yourself, why, you know, why the purchasing decision should sit with you instead of your competitor. They don't want to be sold. And I, and I really don't fault the editing and I really fault that we went so deep into this message without, without testing it first. Um, we just, we said, Hey, this is it. I guarantee this is it. Let's just go ahead and shoot it and run it. You know, and we were, we were five or $6,000 into this thing before we started looking at feedback and data and saying, Whoa, this is wrong. You know, this, not only are, we got the negative feedback pretty much immediately. Um, but we really thought it was, just you know outlaw we really didn't think that was the the consistent message we thought there was just someone or some folks that just maybe not you know maybe want uh, troll a little bit uh, but overall overall it was a bad message yeah so we spent a lot of money we did not test the message first you know so we still do polish content we we produce a new piece of polished content about once a month but we base that on testing um, so i'll shoot a really informal message on my cell phone and I'll run that message against the demographics as a dark post and just see how it resonates. And then if it does resonate with the crowd, I think it's going to resonate with, we go ahead and produce it out of, out of 10 ideas. We probably end up producing two or three of them. That's so we, we shoot quickly, like I say directly to my cell phone. And I'll tell you this, our unpolished content has a, has a higher engagement rate than our polished content does, which, so we're, we're kind of adjusting our strategy because of that. Uh, maybe we're going to move away from as much polished content to more just in the moment, straight to camera content. But like I said, we test things quickly now. And so anyway, so in talking about losses, that was a huge loss for us. I think we ended up investing, said and done, I bet we invested seven or $8,000 in it. And um, I, I doubt we saw any return from it. 
So what made you keep going with online marketing? I feel like a lot of people would be like, well, it failed. I'm done. Like, let's try something else. Go back to the old standards. What made yep. you like realize like you guys had made the mistake and you needed to try something different? Well, honestly, I think a lot of that's just my personality. When, when I have an idea that I know is going to work, like I'll just make it work. I'll just force it until it works or until it just absolutely fails. You know, I, I think if I'd had two or three solid losses in a row, I, I said, okay, you know, this wasn't, that uh, wasn't a great idea, but I think some of his personality, I think a lot of it is, you know, I, I listen to podcasts and I, and I, I follow some YouTube channels and, and I just, and I keep in touch with the social media marketing world in general. And I said, now, wait a minute, it is working. You know, it's working for others. I need to figure out why this didn't work for me. And so let's go back to the drawing board. Let me, you know, bounce some ideas off some folks that are having success. I've kind of created a little network of folks that I've met in conferences or online of home-based service professionals and said, hey, here's what I did. Um, Let's all have a really good laugh about it. But what are you doing that's different? Like, what do you guys think? And so some of it was just personality and a lot of it was just realizing that because this didn't work once does not mean it won't work ever. You know, it, when, when television came along, there were some pretty big losses when people tried to transition from radio to television. I guarantee it. Like, while I can't source any specifically, you have to think that a lot of that was, there's a steep learning curve to it. And that's kind of how I viewed this is it's new and people aren't, going to get it right the first time Um, i'm a pretty big baseball fan and in baseball if you're batting 500 you know you might as well write your check anywhere you want to go and that means they 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 can make they can make a move with they can they hit half the balls basically and they get on base half the time and these are the pros these are the big leagues and so i kind of i kind of look at ourselves like that where you know, if you're batting 300, you're still a pretty solid player. So three out of 10 times, they, they made a positive move. And I really view this the same way is you can't assume you're going to hit it out of the park every time you, you can't, that mentality will, will, you will have a negative outlook on Facebook you know, and social in general. Um, but if you come at it from the point of view, Hey, if I get three out of 10, I'm really doing something right here. Five out of 10, I'm an all-star rock star. You come at it with that point of view and all it's all gold it really is that's uh, an amazing analogy like you gotta keep swinging until you hit the ball you really yep. do when it comes to social and it's yep. even from so much a sense of like from day to day like yep. we post sunday through saturday every day for our, our clients and mm-hmm. like some days are better than others and it has nothing yep. more to do with like how many people actually saw it or you know, mm-hmm. catch it. you could wonder, I, I wonder if we should do like that test with like post the exact same thing every day, but like do it at different times or put some ad dollars behind it on one or the other. It's, there's so many yep. different ways to do it. You can't just think it's not working. It's so important to be there for when it does. It's about not getting into the weeds on, on reading your data um, yeah. on day to day versus, you know, we, the most specific I get is seven day look back, a seven mm-hmm. day average. Um, and I see that not only in us, but in, in clients that, that we help with their marketing and in other industries too. Day to day is just, it's too close of a look. Um, like you say, you can have off days. You know, it just didn't reach the right people that day. Um, when you're looking at it, 14 days is kind of our sweet spot. I'll look at a 14 day average. 
Um, if I really want to try to dial something in, it'd be a seven day average, but, um, you can really get too far into the weeds on it. Yeah. Okay. Well, I think that we all can learn from Joe about marketing because let's, let's be honest, like if a fence business can crush it with social and online marketing. I don't think there's literally any reason any of us can't. And I think that there were some really great points that were made. Make sure you re-listen to this if you're looking for more. And of course, we'll have a lot of the info sort of regurgitated and organized into our show notes for you guys. But Joe, I'd like to end the show with a question. That question is, what is your favorite quote for our listeners to inspire them to go out and do marketing greatness? Okay. All right. So bear with me because it works, but there's a, there's a quote from a, from a golfer that says, I hit it as hard as I can. If I can find it, I'll hit it again. And I apply that literally everywhere because it's like, listen, you go for it and you go for it hard. And then if it works, you go for it hard again, but you don't, you don't half throttle something and hope it works. You hit it as hard as you can. And then you just keep hitting it and you make it work. A lot of people will um, kind of tiptoe in into something and, and try to make it work. And you just got to go for it. You go all in, you see if it works. And if it doesn't, you just do it again. You got to go for it big. That I think is fantastic advice for all of us. I love that. I've never heard that before. So that's always exciting. That's why I love asking this question. So I, Joe, where's one place that everyone can find you online and learn from your genius? Sure. So it's, um, at, at Joe Everest on Facebook. That's me. Perfect. Um, I've got a, I've got a public figure page where I'm starting to try to help people and answer questions. And, you know, it, the thing is, is, is I learn by helping is my thing. Uh, I can, I've learned more about marketing from helping other people with their marketing than I could have ever tried to sit and, and watch and listen and learn. Um, so literally it's, it's not a sales pitch. Let me help you. Um, if you've got questions, if you've got if something's not working and needs tweaked, reach out. I would love to help you for no other reason than to add that tool to my toolbox. Of so next time I see that problem, I'm going to know how to how to address it. Um, yeah, at Joe Everest, I would absolutely love to help with whoever and whatever they're up against. Awesome, thank you so much, Joe. I hope that you have a great rest of your day, and thank you again for being on the show. I really appreciate it. Hey, I appreciate you having me. It was really great seeing you again. I hope that you guys just got so much out of that episode. It was amazing to talk with Joe and know him and what he is doing is truly, truly wonderful. I hope that you guys like this podcast and everything that we are trying to do to just give you as much value as possible. If you feel so inclined, I would love it if you could give some good vibes over on whatever podcast platform it is that you listen to this on, whether it's iTunes, Stitcher, or Google Play. Just leave us a positive review. Let us know how we're doing and what we can do to be better for you as well. And like we always say in military life, it is never goodbye. It is see you soon. So until next time, I will see you soon. Thanks for listening to Marketing for Your Boring Business. If you like this episode, please leave a review on iTunes or share this episode on social media. Want more? Subscribe to automatically get the latest episodes of Marketing for Your Boring Business. This podcast was presented by All in One Social Media. All the social media your business needs starting at $125 a month.